SBS Radio. You're listening to NITV Radio and I'm Bertrand Tungandami. Joining me are two celebrated artists, Judy Watson and Helen Johnson, to talk about their upcoming exhibition, The Red Thread of History, Loose Ends. Helen and Judy, before we explore your upcoming exhibition, can you tell us about yourselves in a few words? Helen Johnson. My parents came out here from the UK a few years before I was born, so second-generation immigrant. Um, I make paintings that often reflect on the, the way that colonial culture gets perpetuated and the ways that it gets reinforced and trying to throw some of those things open for, for our um, for we colonists to think about ourselves and those cultural structures that we inhabit. Uh, my name's Judy Watson. I'm a one-year woman from northwest Queensland. Our language group cuts is cut by the Northern Territory Queensland border. I live in Brisbane and it's great to be down here in Melbourne at the moment with Helen uh, installing the show at Mama and feeling very connected to being down here and really looking forward to meeting up with the community as well. Now, this exhibition explores complex and varied perspectives on colonisation, the colonial legacy and the role of women, along with motherhood and family, and this is something that brings you together. We're women and we're mothers, and we come from women and mothers as well. With my work, I have looked at my matrilineal Aboriginal uh, line through my family and I have some works related to places and countries, when I say countries, Aboriginal countries and stations and things like that, that through maps that our family have worked across and on or were born on or in the case of my great-great-grandmother Rosie escaped from a massacre on. I also have some silhouettes of some of the women in my family and also an art assistant. So there's a silhouette of my mother across country and mapping, um, myself, my daughter, one of my cousins, and then one of my art assistants. One of the things that interests me about working with Judy is having these certain levels on which we connect and have similarities, like through experiences of motherhood and being women, being daughters, and then inhabiting a really different subject position um, in relation to colonisation and being a beneficiary of that on my part and a participant in it. I think that a lot of the work in this show addresses transmission, how memories and stories get transmitted but also the things that don't get transmitted. I often, if I'm making work looking at this society, you know, sort of turning the anthropological lens back onto itself. A lot of that work involves going into archives and pulling out imagery and aspects of history that I certainly wasn't taught in school and that tend not to be given much airtime because they're not very palatable. Like the, the Hansard records from the first sitting of Parliament after Australia was federated, for example, make very clear the the white supremacist project that Australia is 
they don't often bring those documents out or um, refer to them, even though they're foundational. So, yeah, thinking about the things that get transmitted and the things that don't on both very personal levels and broader cultural levels. And there is one woman who comes up in the Skullduggery video. Her name was Agnes um, Kerr, and she's, she was a matron at Burktown Hospital up in the Gulf of Carpentaria. She comes up as not a particularly nice person. She said there was nothing she wanted to do more than go bone hunting. That was collecting bones and ancestral remains from Aboriginal people from our country and other people's country and then trading it all, sending it off to the Welcome Museum in London. And so the documentation has this backwards-forwards letter-writing and documentation of this trade that is going on, and it was only closed down because of the, the war, the World War. So I think it's interesting to think that uh, many of the people that you think of to do with colonisation are male, but there can be these, you know, these, these women, not as many as far as I know, but uh, she was certainly one example. And as Hetty Perkins, um, a friend of mine and Aboriginal curator, said, I wonder if she would have liked to have donated her bones to a museum. Probably not. Mm. <laughs> you know, there's a very different way perception of um, how she and the other people she's um, in correspondence with are treating our ancestral remains. So that video is skullduggery and it's really looking at that sort of positioning and classification and res- lack of respect for culture and communities and people. Skullduggery is one of your videos produced a couple of years ago. It's a powerful way of uh, retelling Australia's history. And uh, one thing we know about Australia's history, uh, the history of colonization, it's uh, mainly about uh, recounting the experiences of colonizers. Now, is it right to characterize your collaboration as an effort to look at uh, history from a different perspective? to look at this part of history from a different perspective? Yeah, one other thing with the video is that um, the letters are read out by three Aboriginal people. So it's like uh, it's turning the whole thing upside down because you've got Daniel Browning from Radio National, you know, Bunjalung and other Aboriginal man, and he's got many other cultures within him, uh, Roxanne MacDonald and Leif Charlton. So they are reading these stories uh, within the Skullduggery video that are talking about this trading of ancestral bones, but they're reading it from the perspective that that could be their families as well. So you can feel that tinge of irony and sarcasm and, and also deep hurt, I think, within it. So that's another way of sort of like tipping it up and on, on itself. Now, the exhibition would launch at uh, MoMA on the 10th of September and uh, run through to November. How many pieces are displayed altogether? There's quite a few. The exhibition is spread across three galleries within the museum and there's some works that um, have toured from an iteration of this exhibition that was at the NGA up in Canberra. Um, But we've also brought in a range of other works into the conversation for this iteration of the show, some older works and some more recent we both um, have painting as a, a central aspect of our respective art practices and um, in, there, in many ways there are 
overlaps in our material approaches to that that also cross over with printmaking, working large scale and often on unstretched fabrics and working on the floor and embossing and things like this. Um, but then the, the outcomes of those processes are really different for each of us as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about the main thread of the exhibition, the red thread of uh, history, Loose Ends? Again, it's like this sense of, of things weaving in and out and sometimes touching each other and sometimes diverging. And that, um, that motif of the thread comes into some of the works as well. Hmm. And that, Judy, maybe do you want to talk about the red thread? Yeah. The... So Ernest uh, Rashner talked about ochre being the red thread of history and ochre, you know, whether it's red ochre particularly, um, is something which has been at the beginning, according to him, of every aspect of civilization around the world, whether it's at birth or death, it's a really important resource that's been traded. I've certainly been to places all around the world that I've, I've seen and seen some of the ochre that is there. And then I was telling Helen about um, Henry Park's comment that I read where he talked about the crimson thread, and, but he was talking about the white Australia policy during Federation, and he wasn't talking about certainly any blackfellas or anybody of colour. It was very much a, you know, the Anglo, the white, mm. you know, sort of... Um, Shoring up the bloodline. Yeah, that's like... right. That was the bloodline he was talking about. So that's where it's sort of bringing them both together, the red thread of history, loose strands. It's those ideas. Well, for me, I uh, talk about trying to uncover concealed histories and work with those, what's been buried, what's been supposedly lost and bring it up to the surface so that other people can see it. And uh, I think, you know, Helen is doing that too with the way that she's retrieving these. You, you talk about yours. Yeah. yeah, just looking back into the archive, as I was saying, and finding imagery, you know, from from this region, Nam, what was then called Port Phillip, imagery that was published in magazines and newspapers that reveals attitudes that the colonisers had towards themselves as much as anything, which is something I'm really interested in. Um, you know, I feel like it's it's not for me to, to tell Indigenous stories or represent Indigenous narratives in my work but I do think it's important for us to do the work of examining our own cultural foundations and the attitudes that were embedded at that time and that remain um, even if we're not conscious of them or if they're not as visible to us as they ought to be you know they still define the way that we inhabit this place as a society and the, the problems that that gives rise to. I've also looked at um, deaths in custody and so there is um, a body of work, Vale of Tears, which has got some of the deaths in custody, certainly not all of them, but the ones that um, uh, communities have allowed The Guardian to publish, The Guardian newspaper. Newspaper, and yeah. That body of work. Yeah, yeah. And so there's text of some of those 
deaths in custody, whether it's just an initial, but then there'll be where, you know, the age of the person, that sort of thing. But in front of it is hung muslin. And then um, I had friends and colleagues and any uh, family come and sew welt wounds. And by the sewing of the welt wounds, it's like the idea of the needle going in and to pierce and then come back through and repair. It's like sewing up a wound, uh, whether it's in your psyche, uh, whether it's, you know, the wound on the body, the body of evidence, that sort of idea. I think that idea of community working together, uh, we went back up to our country in, in northwest Queensland with some of my family um, and also around our kitchen table, sort of in Brisbane or in the studio with people coming in. And by working together and then sharing the stories, I think it's something where you generate the community interaction, but it's also like a, a healing thing, but then it also goes out because whoever has worked on the project will share that story with their family um, and their community, and so it permits into the, the wider generations. Now, Helen and Judy, before I let you go, anything you'd like to add uh, to the conversation for our listeners? Just I hope that people come along and are able to just go into the space, maybe not knowing anything, and feel, feel something. Um, you know, some people say that if you can feel something, you know, if you can get people to feel something, it can make you think or make them think, be drawn to it. Don't necessarily go and lead, read the label first. Mm. Just wander through and and then start learning about it. And don't don't be worried, you know, just go in and um, sit, see where it takes you. Yeah, I feel like... Um... You know, there is a lot in the exhibition. There's a lot of information to chew over and a lot of, like, elements drawn from different times and places to to try and process. And I think it's, um, you know, it's an invitation more than it's a statement of fact or anything like that. It's more like inviting people to come in and think about their own relation to all of these complexities that are part of living day-to-day in this in this place yeah and there's going to be um a kids interactive you know sort of uh events you know coming up too so keep an eye out for those judy watson and helen johnson thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us about your upcoming exhibition the red thread of history loose ends thanks for having thank you Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.